I don't think any of us want them, but we all have them. I have them, and you have them. You say, preacher, what in the world do we have? We have enemies. Enemies. Now, I know that sounds strange. I mean, we try to be friendly. Uh, We don't go looking for a fight, I hope. We don't go out of our way to make enemies. But we still end up with enemies. Now, how is that? Well, it might be the person at work. And you don't know why, but they just do not like you. Maybe they never liked you. Maybe from the very first day they came on the job or you came on the job, they just never liked you. Maybe they want your job. Uh, It might be the person at school. You've maybe never even talked to them. You've never even uh, had anything to do with them, but they just they don't like you. And they just decided in their mind, for whatever reason, that they're going to be your enemy. It might be a neighbor. It might even be a family member. You know, the interesting thing about it, beloved, is the Bible never says that we will not have enemies as Christians. Did you realize that? Nowhere does the Bible say if you'll be a Christian, you'll never have an enemy. In fact, what the Bible teaches is kind of the exact opposite. If you're a Christian who lives the Christian life and you're a Christian who seeks to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ, it pretty much guarantees that you're going to have enemies in this world. In fact, look at the, uh, this verse, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. There'll be those that hate you. There'll be those that want to persecute you. There'll be those who consider themselves to be an enemy. Think about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ was perfect God and perfect man joined together. And you know what? He was absolutely, totally, 100% perfect, never sinned, never did anything wrong. Never! He was the perfect child, perfect classmate, perfect carpenter, perfect everything. Let me ask you what happened to Jesus. Did he have any enemies? (laughs) Think about it. What happened to Jesus? They crucified him. They killed him. They nailed him to the cross. So the Bible doesn't say, listen, you're not going to have any enemies. But the Bible tells us how to respond to those who are our enemies. Consider this verse, Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. But I say to you, what? Love your enemies. That's what Jesus says. So he doesn't say you're not going to have any enemies. Jesus says, listen, love your enemies. Now that might be kind of hard, but keep reading. Bless those who curse you. Mm. Do good to those who hate you. Mm. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now that sounds a lot different. That's a far cry from saying, well, they're out for me, I'm going to get them first. It's a far cry from revenge, isn't it? Let, let's, let's talk a little bit more about it. Look at what Romans 12, 18-21 says. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. So when it comes to you, you do whatever you can do to bring peace and harmony and joy. You go the extra mile. You extend the olive branch. You do whatever you can do. But you know what I've found in my own life is sometimes you extend the olive branch and that person takes it and snaps it and stomps on it there in front of you. 
And so, as, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peacefully with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, poison him. Is that what it says? No, 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 no. That's a different translation, isn't it? If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you'll heat coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Put it another way, beloved. We would say it this way. We're to love our enemies. We're to love our enemies and leave them in God's hands. We're to love our enemies. Extend love to them. Show love to them. Bless them. Pray for them. And if they still want to be our enemy, we're to leave them in God's hands. So you might be wondering, well, preacher, what in the world is all this talk about enemies this morning? Is somebody here that's your enemy? Is somebody, what's going on? Well, no, I didn't bring up the topic. I didn't bring up the subject. Uh, our passage that we're studying brought up the subject. We're looking at Psalm 23, you know, and, and we're studying all of Psalm 23. And today we find ourselves at verse 5. And verse 5 talks about enemies. And so we're going to talk about enemies today. But before we do, let's read the entire passage again. I'm encouraging you to read it every day, to memorize it. And so let's read it out loud. If you don't have it memorized, if you're not quite ready to do that, if you want to test it out today, it's okay, you can do it. If you need to look at the words, they're on the screen in front of you. But let's say it out loud. You ready? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, help us today as we study to rightly divide Thy Word, apply it to our hearts, help us to respond in obedience. We'll give You glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Take a look at that fifth verse again. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Now, if you're studying Psalm 23, if you're reading Psalm 23, you may have not had much trouble through some of those verses already. But then you come to verse 5 and you might begin to kind of wonder, what exactly is this all about? This table in the presence of my enemies and anointing my head with oil and, and an overflowing cup. Well, to be quite honest, a lot of, a lot of Bible scholars, a lot of uh, Bible commentators, they think that David, uh, in writing here, he switches metaphors. And uh, instead of being in the shepherd's field, we move to the banqueting hall. Uh, instead of the picture of the shepherd, we move to a picture of the host. And if you hold to that, that's fine. I wouldn't argue with you. But I'm just to be honest with you, I disagree. Uh, I, I believe the picture is still one of a loving shepherd who is caring for his sheep. And, and the reason why is that word table there. 
Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now, when you think about a table, I imagine what comes to your mind is, the, is your table at home. You might have a table in the kitchen, or you might have a table in the dining room. You might have a table both. You might have a picnic table outside. You have another table that you may use. And so when you think about the word table, you're thinking about a, maybe a wooden surface that's in your home or, or in several places in your home where you sit down and you have a meal. And that, of course, is a table. But that doesn't necessarily mean the table that's here because the word table there simply means something spread out. Something spread out. In fact, one writer said flat places in the hilly country were called tables. And sometimes the shepherd, he would stop the flock at these tables and allow them to eat and rest as they headed for the fold. Now, you might be more familiar with the word table land. You ever heard the word table land? You have if you've ever sung the hymn, Higher Ground. Remember the chorus? Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. It's the idea of this flat place in the hilly country a tableland where the sheep can go and can eat and can rest. And so verse 5 says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. And as I meditated on this verse and studied this verse and thought about this verse and preparing for today, I was so blessed. I was so blessed. Because this verse really does show, or at least it did to me, the personal care that our shepherd gives. The personal care that our shepherd gives. Uh, this past week I read about an 18th century saint uh, named James Inglis. And James Inglis was on his deathbed. And you know, it's interesting, in today's world we oftentimes have people on their deathbeds, they're uh, very medicated, uh, they're not communicating very much, but that wasn't the case in the early days. And so we don't have a lot of accounts of last words and things because... Our loved ones are often um, unable to communicate. They're medicated and they're kept comfortable. And that's a, that's a wonderful thing. But back in this time, uh, James Inglis is on his deathbed and he requested that they read Psalm 23 to him. And here's what James Inglis said. And remember, he's about to die. Said, he said, You will understand me as not speaking boastfully of myself when I say that every word you have read is personal to me, personal to my faith, personal to my soul. And now I will rest, and afterwards we will talk about God's mercies. I hope that's what you've taken away from Psalm 23 in our studies, the personal aspect. These words are personal. If you're a child of God, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, these words are personal. And here we have precious personal truth for every child of God. The Lord displays here in verse 5 His love for us by His provision and His protection and His personal attention and His care. Uh, real simple, let me give you a couple of points to kind of hang our thoughts on. First of all, we find here that we have a shepherd who provides for us and protects us. He provides for us and He protects us. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now, we've seen this theme before. Uh, we've already been in green pastures in our study. We've already in this psalm been by the still waters. But here we find ourselves at this table land. But before we can enter the table land, 
It must be prepared. Did you notice this? Thou, shepherd, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And so the question is, what does that mean? How do you prepare a table? Well, if you're preparing your table, how do you do it? You set out the, the silverware. You set out the plates. You bring out the food. You set the table. Well, when it came to a shepherd and his sheep, the shepherd would go in and prepare the table land. And what he would do is he would go in this area before the sheep came in, before they came in to eat and rest, he had to go in and clear the land of poisonous plants. Now, we've already established, right, that sheep are not the smartest animals. And we've already reminded ourselves that the Lord compares us to sheep. But anyway, uh, he had to go in and he had to get out the poisonous plants because they would eat things that are not good for them. Can you imagine us ever doing anything, ingesting anything that would not be good for us? And then he would go in and he would drive off any predators, any animals that would come in and attack the sheep and, and kill the sheep. And then, and I appreciate this, he would even go in and look for snakes. Because they tell me, several, several authors mentioned that in that area, there were some brown poisonous adders who lived under the ground. And as the sheep, if, if it were not prepared, if it were not taken care of, as the sheep is there grazing, those adders would come out and bite the sheep on the nose. And they're poisonous. And while the sheep may not die from the bite, they tell me that uh, the sheep could get an infection, which would end up killing it could eventually kill the sheep. And so what the shepherd would do, they tell me, is he would find that snake hole and he would pour oil in it or around it. And so when that slippery snake tries to come up, he can't get up because he's blocked. Now, I just want you to picture that. Do you see the love, the attention, the care that a shepherd would take in preparing a tableland for his sheep? pulling out the poisonous weeds and plants, driving off, taking care of any predators, looking around for snake holes, attending to those, making everything just right. Why? Because he wanted his sheep to be able to come in and feast in peace. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. He really wanted them to be truly safe. They could enter in after the shepherd had been in that table and he prepared it the sheep could go in not worried, not fretting. Why? Because of their shepherd. Now remember, there are still enemies around them. Because this is a part, but there are still enemies in the land. There are even enemies below them. But they could still feast and rest. Why? Because of their shepherd. Are you seeing how it fits with us? I love what Pastor James Merritt wrote. In fact, if you want to jot something down, this would be worth jotting down. He said, one of the greatest lessons I've ever learned about the Christian life is this. Peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of Jesus. Now, if that doesn't bless you, something's wrong with your blesser. I want you to know that. When you really think about that, peace is not the absence of problems. Beloved, we live in a broken world. If you were in Sunday school this morning, we talked about a new heaven, a new earth. Why? This one's broken. 
We live in a broken world. We have problems. We have issues. We have all kinds of things. And so we have these problems and peace does not come by removing all the problems. Peace, beloved, is bringing Jesus into our thinking, our equation, realizing He's with us. It's the presence of Jesus. While there are enemies all around, and we haven't even talked about the world and the devil, but there's enemies all around us. We can still have peace. Why? Because our shepherd is there. Our shepherd is here with us. He protects us. He provides for us. And notice His provision is abundant. Psalm 23 says what? My cup runneth over. I have an overflowing cup. Not just a little bit, but overflowing. More than enough. As the songwriter so eloquently and beautifully put it, His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power no boundary known unto men. For out of His infinite riches in Jesus, He giveth and giveth and giveth again. You see, beloved, we have a shepherd who provides for us abundantly. We have a shepherd who protects us. And so I ask you, what do you need today? And what area do you need protection? I want to invite you to come to the shepherd. Now already in just those two sections of verse 5, there's such wonderful truth, but we're not done. we still got the middle part of the verse. And as I've studied the verse and meditated on it, the middle part has become my favorite part of the verse. Where it says, Thou anointest my head with oil. And so that reminds us, beloved, that we have a shepherd who personally ministers to us. You notice David doesn't say there, you anoint our heads. He says, thou anointest my head with oil. This shows the personal care and attention of the shepherd. Picture in your mind's eye the sheep are coming into the fold. And as they come into the fold, the shepherd, he takes each sheep and he takes them with his own hands. He lays his hands on them and then he handles the sheep's head and he's looking for cuts and, and scrapes and, and, insects and uh, insects and parasites. And if anything is found on that sheep as he's examining the sheep, he attends to it. He, he puts olive oil. Thou anointest my head with oil. He puts olive oil on the wounds that he finds. He would also put oil on them to keep the, the flies and the parasites. And I could tell you more about what I learned about that. But you don't want to hear about that. Let me just tell you, suffice it to say, He anoints them with oil to keep away the bugs and the insects and all those things. He, he puts oil on their wounds. And He would do this with, with each sheep that would come. He would have to look at each sheep individually. What a picture, beloved, of our shepherd. He, he knows us each by name. He attends to our hurts. Personally, not, not just corporately, but, but personally. Have you noticed we live, beloved, in such an impersonal world at times? You ever felt like a number? Just take a number, have a seat. Just take a number. We'll call you. Don't need anything else, just take a number. Or even worse, you're not even a number, you're just a buzzer. Just, just take a buzzer. We don't need to know your name. need nothing about you. How many you got? Five? Go sit down. Take this buzzer. <laughs> when it buzzes, you just come. Follow me. Impersonal. But beloved, what? Jesus knows you 
by name. He knows you by name. He knows your name. He knows your name. He knows your name. Your name. Everybody's name. He knows you by name. You're not a number to Jesus. You're not just part of a group to Jesus. If you're a child of God, you are His precious sheep. He knows you by name. He knows where you're hurt. He knows where you're scraped. He knows where you're bruised. He knows how to provide for you. He knows how to protect you. He knows how to heal the deepest hurts in your life. See, that's the reason we have, beloved, this whole psalm where it goes back to verse 1 where it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want because He's my shepherd. When you think about verse 5, Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. What do you see here? Well, I think you see peace. And I think you see joy. You have a cup that's overflowing. Peace and joy. Yes, there are still enemies. Yes, there are still hurts that need healing. Yes, there are issues and dangers galore. But there can be peace and joy. Why? Because our shepherd is with us and his presence makes all the difference in the world. Margaret was the quietest member of uh, Alec Botner's uh, Bible study. And so they were asking questions in this Bible study and, and the question was asked, uh, how can we make an impact on the world around us? How can we make an impact on the world around us? They're in a Bible study and Margaret simply answered, peace. Now, if you've ever been in the Bible study, you ever led a Bible study, sometimes you ask questions and, and you don't say it out loud, but you wonder, where did that answer come from? How did they come up with that? What do they mean by that? Are they in the same Bible study I'm in? Now, remember the question, how can we make an impact in the world around us? And the quietest member of the group just simply said, peace. And so someone said, tell us more. Tell us more. And so quiet Margaret, here's what she said. She said, there are 11 flats in this block. Talking about those living around her. There are 11 flats in this block. They are all facing difficulties, challenges, and trials of life. What my neighbors need to see is that we're facing the same issues, but enjoying an unshaken peace. If they had been studying Psalm 23 that day, what Margaret might have added is this. What my neighbors need to see is that we have a shepherd. We have a shepherd. In our world of strife and turmoil and even enemies, beloved, we have a shepherd. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for our shepherd who prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies, who anoints our head with oil, who fills our cup to overflowing. Hallelujah for the shepherd. Let's bow together in prayer. While your head is bowed and your eyes are closed, nobody looking around, do you have the shepherd? Have you been born again? Has there ever been a time in your life where you've turned from your sin and placed your faith in Jesus Christ? If not, why not this morning?
cry out to Him. Tell Him right there where you are, God, I don't want my sin anymore. I want Your forgiveness. I want Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sin and save me. I want to have the Lord as my shepherd. You can do that right where you are. Cry out to the shepherd. And if you've already done that, you say, well, listen, I know the Lord's my shepherd. He's been my shepherd for many years, maybe even. Well, let me ask you, what do you talk to him about today? What is the need in your life? What is it that you're facing? What provision, protection? What is it that you need from his hand today? Won't you just take a moment right there before I close in prayer and talk to the Lord about that? Let him know about the hurts. Let him know about the problems. Just ask for Him to minister to you, to shepherd you, to love you, to anoint you with a healing balm of His presence. Father, thank You for our shepherd. Thank You that we're not left in this broken world filled with danger and turmoil and strife on our own. But you personally minister to us. You know every burden, every heartache, every hurt, every hang-up, everything we're dealing with. And you love us with an unfailing, unending, and unconditional love. Father, I pray if anybody here does not know the shepherd, does not know Jesus Christ, as their Savior, Lord, convict their heart and bring them to saving faith. And then for my brothers and sisters who may be hurting today, Lord, I pray that they really would cry out to you and seek your shepherding in their life. Thank you for this precious passage. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for the lessons you're teaching us. Blessed now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The altar is open today. If you need to talk more about something, you want us to pray with you, we'd love to do that. If you need to be saved today, if you'd like help with that, we'd love to help you. But we're going to stand and sing an old hymn, Rock of Ages, Cleft for Me, Let Me Hide Myself in Thee. And um, precious truth here. You come, if the Lord's speaking to your heart, you come in the altar's open and pray. We'd love to help you. 342, let's stand and sing Rock of Ages. Amen.